The next stop is 161st Street, Yankee Stadium. They win the final game, 5-2, to two, to remain the baseball champions of the world. The Yankees, with this 9-0 crusher, have won their 17th World Series. There it is, the New York Yankees are the winners, and Bob Turley is mauled and congratulated by his teammates. The Yankees win 13-5, and once again, are world champions. The Yankees win their 21st World Series. Welcome back to another episode of the Chase for 28 podcast. This is episode 9. My name is Chris Nessie and I'm joined by my Yankee podcast compadre, AJ Bianco. What's up, AJ? What is going on, Chris? What's going on, Yankee fans? Welcome to week three of spring training week two uh, no three week welcome three. to spring training feels good welcome to spring it just feels so amazing it, i'm you guys so glad understand. baseball is back yeah go ahead all right everybody just keeps saying to me how's everything going i'm like look everything is great like the sun is shining the weather is changing and there's baseball being played and and, and it doesn't matter i'm watching games on yes with guys i don't know at least you can count that high to read the numbers on their back I can, but there's names that just, that I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Where do you fit in in any of this Yankee universe? Now, AJ, when you're watching spring games, do you find yourself locked in and tuned in for the beginning of the game to see relevant players? Or do you just kind of catch it like, oh, it's later in the day, it's later in the game, and I happen to catch it? Uh, I, if it's on TV and I'm home. I try to make it a point to watch like the one o'clock game and the four o'clock game at the beginning because I have the MLB app and I ask for the updates every day. So I get the lineup. So the lineup comes to me like two hours early. So, for example, today um, when we record this, Aaron Judge was playing. I was home. My son was home. I wanted him to see Aaron Judge. So I made sure to turn the game on at one o'clock so he can see Aaron Judge getting a bat. And then he watched DJ LeMay. He would go yard. Speaking of DJ. Saw uh, the Yankee Twitter account, or maybe it was Instagram or their TikTok. Again, the Yankees are everywhere you want to be on social. And I heard, I saw a new nickname for DJ LeMahieu. Lamachine? No. Okay. It, it was, should have had this pulled up and ready to go. Hey, way to talk about this. Yeah. We- <laughs> you hear about the new nickname? No, what is it? I don't know. I was hoping you remembered. It's <laughs> all. <laughs> uh,. No, hold on. I get this. Uh, uh, it's like listening to Mike Francesa. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on. Papers. Papers turning. Hold on. <laughs> I can find it. I know I can. This is compelling podcasting. Either way. Here you go. Be here, here, no, here's oh, the nickname. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Robo Pop. Robo Pop. I like Lab Machine. I thought RoboPop was kind of cool because uh, it, it, it was they tweeted it out with uh, the in, Instagram with the uh, the home run. So uh, RoboPop, okay. Look, whatever it is, just keep producing, DJ. We love you. Hey, DJ, pump that party. There you go. There you <laughs> Speaking go. of uh, pumping the party, AJ, let's not aggravate our listener. Uh, Yankee trivia. You have another great trivia question that, as I look at it, I do not know the answer off the top of my head. 
So what do you got? Yeah, I had no idea what the answer was. And the answer actually surprised me. So I'm very excited to share the answer at the end of the show. So here's your question. Who was the first Yankees player to have at least 32 home runs and 30 steals in the same season? So the first Yankee player to be a 30-30 guy? 30-30. 30. 30 home runs, 30 steals. All right. Did you so look? I did not look. I, I didn't I okay. didn't scroll down to the bottom of the document that we use, so I will I will find out along with everybody else in All right. in time. Here we go. I right, AJ, Yankee news and notes. So real quick, just a couple of seconds as we sit here recording this on March thirteenth, twenty twenty one. We are about one year out since the pandemic and COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, the world changed. Baseball changed last year. Um, any any reflection, any thoughts on your part about where we're at one year, Peter? I mean, for me, in, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. This is, this is strange for us. So you and I have shared we are both educators. And uh, the year in general has just been weird, marking the shutdown, like the anniversary of everything shutting down. Um, I think baseball shut down one year ago to this day. Spring training ended. You know, I think everything has changed. You know, I look at games and I love love sports, love my Yankees, and I love the fact that it's coming back and we're we're getting to the place we need to be. But as we reflect on this, like they're talking about opening stadiums. You know, Texas Rangers are doing full capacity. You got the Houston Astros are doing a limited capacity. Go ahead. Which shout out to the Susan Waldman for throwing shade at the Texas Rangers. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes if you haven't seen her comments about the Rangers. But go ahead. I have not seen that, but I'm kind of excited to read that. She does put some stuff out there, which I've noticed all lately. I'm kind of liking Susan Waldman a little bit more than I used to. But, you know, I. The Yankees and the Mets, talking about the New York teams, limited capacity if they're having anything, you know, it's going to be very, very small. I'm not sure I'm ready to go back to a stadium. And I think the hard thing for me is, like, with my kids, I want them to see Yankee Stadium. They've been there only once. And I don't really find the need to go. I hate to say it like that. It's expensive. The parking is ridiculous. The food is ridiculous. You know, having them sit in the stands in the hot sun for hours is not going to be so great. So we're going we're gonna to watch at home and we're going to celebrate. We're going to get there at some point, but we're nowhere near ready to go, nor do I feel like we need to be there. You know, we'll catch the game at home. We'll have the same snacks. Maybe not as, as delicious, but, but it's just I was gonna say, weird. Do you have your own garlic fry recipe? I will find a way to make some garlic fries. I know I can get some steakums to make some cheese steaks, but the garlic fries are something we have to figure out. But no, in all, in all seriousness, it's very strange. Last year, watching those games, knowing the sound was pumped in, I actually liked it better when the sound wasn't pumped in because it was felt like a baseball game. Like just listening to a game, I enjoyed well, that more it, than fake it noise. Felt like the games, it felt like the games you and I are used to playing where there's nobody there, nobody watching, right. nobody cares. Right. It felt like a high school game or minor league game and... and you know, like Fox tried to throw in the fake audience. Oh, Remember God, that, that was horrendous. That was awful. I hated that. I hated that. So, you know what? I'm glad that we're getting back to, quote unquote, normal. I'm glad the guys are on the field. I'm glad there's precautions in place. I'm glad the people who can go to the game will go to the game and they'll enjoy the experience. I'm just glad that I get to watch baseball and, and sports in general. Yeah, th- this was around the time for me where I was like, oh, wait. 
spring training is shut down. They're going to delay the start of the season. How am I going to get my baseball fixed? And this is mm-hmm. about the time where I said, all right, I have the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so what baseball games are available for me to like play baseball and get that that fix of, you know, so I looked at a couple and I wound up getting uh, RBI Baseball 20 for the Switch and life was good. You know, I, 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 I've told you, you know, last year I won the World Series with the Yankees in 2020. Aaron Judge had 84 home runs in the regular season. Uh, I swept the playoffs. <laughs> You're a machine. I, I had Aaron Hicks had like 65 home runs. I would sit there on my couch with the boys. The boys would watch me play the games and I would had I had them doing the home run calls. <laughs> I'd be like Hicks and my little guy would be like hits it to the sticks. <laughs> that's awesome. It was good fun. Good fun. That's that's the good stuff. That's the good. I, Cause I, I definitely did miss baseball this time last year. I was definitely, I think that is kind of what killed it for me. Like knowing like, okay, now we're quarantined and I have no baseball. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was tough. That was tough. Cause I mean, again, as educators, we were in a position that, you know, we, we were home, you know, d- doing our thing and, uh, would have been nice to also be home and watch baseball, but you know, such is life. And obviously there are things that are more important than baseball. And, you know, I'd rather watch baseball now than have had something terrible happen or, you know, God forbid a player caught it and died or just, I mean, you figure what the Marlins had to go through last year at the beginning of the season, you know, with going into quarantine. And so, you know, we're here a year later, we got baseball Life is good. Life is good. Speaking of good things, let's talk about some of the good things we see in the field with the Yankees. Well, that means we're not talking How, about the hurt Yankees yet, but go ahead. No, 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 no hurt. Let's talk about the positives. Because Positives? What do you got? Well, there's a guy in the Yankees. His name is Brett Gardner. He's bashing the ball like the Serrano of old. Bashing the ball like the Serrano of old. It's a little major league reference. Hope you got that. I got it, Joe Boo. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. No, <laughs> Brett Gardner's doing some things, man. Hitting grand slams and getting on base, and he's like he's like Brett Gardner in two thousand and uh, I don't know. Pick a year, because <laughs> like I didn't expect this. Gardner hammers that high and deep to right field, and goodbye. A grand slam from Brett Gardner. A nice way to settle into spring for the. Gardy went yardy. You know what Unexpected. the funny thing about that home run was? When, when they called it, I heard it on the radio. And uh, Susie Q, she says, that reminds me of uh, that home run he hit in Chicago. And we both remember that home run he hit against the Cubs that one afternoon game a couple of years ago that, you know, won him the game. And I was like, yep, I remember watching that home run. <laughs> I remember that one, too. No, I didn't think about it now that you mentioned it, though. That's a. Uh... That's one that kind of stands out. I remember that game. They were down and out. Yes. Yes. Gardner came through. Two outs. Yes, he did. So Gardner with that grand slam uh, a few, I guess a a week or so ago. You know the good thing is about this? He really has to keep uh, Frazier on his toes. That's a good thing about him being there. And I think that's why the signing makes a little bit of sense. It does. Again, in in that mentor role, that veteran leadership, uh, actually 
Don't, uh, AJ, I don't know if you listened to uh, R2C2 with uh, with Ryan Rucco and CC Sabathia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they've been going through some episodes of late where they had an episode where they sat down with Brett Gardner for the whole episode. They did an episode with Glaber Torres um, and just had a third one that came. I forget who they sat down with, but the Gardner one just provided a lot of insight. And uh, I, I like that podcast because you get to really see the relationship between CC and you know, someone like Brett Gardner, where, mm-hmm. you know, Brett Gardner was reflecting on, you know, back in 2008, 2009, he was the young kid in the room, you know, looking around at that clubhouse, you know, with, with Derek Jeter, A-Rod, Posada, all, all these guys. And now he's the old man in the locker room who doesn't get what the young kids are talking about. And so I, I, I know in the early episodes of this podcast, um, I expressed indifferences, you know, take them, leave them, didn't want them, you know, whatever. Had to be the right price. I know we both talked about that. Um, but again, in that mentor role, pushing Clint Frazier, mentoring Clint Frazier, and being able to provide some pop, maybe a little speed, not going to complain. No, I can't. I can't. Just based on what he's doing right now and, and what he brings to the Yankees, again, I think it's the only reason why this makes sense. Is he going to be a, an everyday starter? No. No. But it's a good guy to have off the bench when you're really in a pinch. Can he can he spot start? Can he is again if he's truly that that fourth outfielder, that 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 that's a good spot. If if we find him playing every day, that means something's, something's not wrong. good somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Exactly, exactly. Keep it flowing, buddy. Keep keep the garden green. <laughs> um, also, good news. Uh, in addition to Brett Gardner's nice start here in the spring, which again the numbers mean nothing, but as long as he's playing well, that's what's get a good. good stroke. Get a good stroke. This was some good news related to the pitching, and I know we brought this up in a previous episode where we talked about uh, Severino, and uh, the headline of this article, Severino tosses his first bullpen from a mound since Tommy John surgery, Mm -hmm. and it went, quote, really well. So, again, I know you're like, all right, Severino, come back. You didn't seem all that excited, but if if he's on track and can in a healthy way, get back to this team and be a part of that rotation. Again, that that's addition without subtraction, right? Don't have to make a trade. Somebody you already have. It would be nice to add him to the rotation if he's healthy and returns to form. Yeah, I'm in full agreement. Listen to their game today. They even, they talked about this on the radio. I'm sorry, on the TV. Um, and, and they had a great point that a healthy Severino is better than know somebody else that you're going to trade for so if it's Severino of old let's take it if it's Severino where he's struggling which makes me nervous because he hasn't really pitched in quite some time and when he was pitching he was struggling that's where my nerves kick in and that's 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 why I'm so hesitant but I think he can really still be that guy I just don't want to see him get rushed I don't want to see him get rushed that's why an article I don't mean to interrupt but that's why an article like this gets me nervous because everybody's like oh He's great. He's gonna. He's ready to go. No, he's not ready to go. Like, be smart. Here, let, let, let's fill in some of the details of people. Maybe you're excited about Severino. First, this was 20 pitches. It was all fastballs. And Boone quoted as saying, quote, I watched him throw. He threw 20 pitches, and it went really well. He looked great, and he recovered yesterday. So, again, they were all fastballs, and it was his first time throwing off the mound. So, again... 
wasn't a simulated game. It was just mm-hmm. him playing catch, basically. Okay. Good. So he, um, he, he threw, he pitched, he comes back, and he feels good the next morning. That's the big thing. Rinse and repeat. Let's keep that going yeah. and keep the rehab going, strengthening the arm, all, all those things that go along with uh, Tommy John recovery. And again, uh, he's 27 years old. So uh, there's no reason to rush. We, we have five starting pitchers, and he's 27. Hmm. Okay. He comes back. They do the right thing health wise. Now he's now he's about to step into the what should be the best four to five years of his career. Right. In theory, he should be stepping into his prime. He should be. And he, he took a couple of years off. So maybe he's got an extra year in the tank. And, you know, actually, that, that was something funny. I forget what I was listening to, but uh, somebody was talking to somebody and it was Yankee baseball related uh, about how. Oh, you know, you know what it was? I heard somebody talking with uh it was uh Craig and Evan, partner Roberts on the fan. Mm-hmm. They were talking to Jameson Tyone. Mm. You know, n- new pitcher coming over from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and you know, they had some fun with him, but they were talking about his rehab and coming back from the injury and how he feels, you know, coming to the Yankees and how he feels just physically now. And you know, he talked about how you know, there, there is no innings cap. There's no limits. It's just about continuing to physically work hard and, you know, stay in, be in shape and how, you know, he believes he can. And this is how he feels so far. He believes he can return to what he was in essence three years ago because he didn't pitch last year. He only made seven starts mm. in 2019. So we're going back to 2018. Mm-hmm looking at his numbers and what was success for him on the pirates. So guy who, like we're just saying has basically been off the mound for two and a half years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he ways to go. So yeah, and hopefully he's somebody who's stepping in and fully, you know, develops and, mm-hmm. and, and blossoms here. Absolutely. So we're just going to keep saying one step each day, 1% better every time they go out there and do what they have to do. Still got three weeks left of the spring before the season begins. So that's, that's really good progress. And when we talk pitchers, we're talking one pitch, one batter, one out, one inning at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the spring. Especially in the spring. Just uh, get your work in, sweat a little bit, run your poles, don't get hurt. Yep. Did you run poles when you played, AJ? I don't know if we Doing called that. I, I, did, I did do pitching. Let me run poles. What's that? After you would pitch, you yeah. would then go run outside the field from foul pole to foul pole along the outfield oh. fence. Oh, we just, just called it a warning track. Yeah, we didn't call pole pole. We just, we said run the warning track. Okay. I didn't pitch, but I knew uh, my teammates ran poles. I, I pitched, but it wasn't my primary. So if I was pitching, there were other things going on. <laughs> there were other things. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> that was the case for me on JV. <laughs> I was actually a pretty good pitcher. I just... I, wasn't I thought starter. I was a pretty good pitcher. <laughs> I wasn't the starter. I wasn't the starter. I was moving I'm, around I'm, the infield and the outfield. I'm a good batting pra- practice pitcher. That's why I make a good coach. <laughs> I can really just put him right in there. Just a little, right little, in there. little zip. little zip. And my dad taught me this uh, ridiculously slow breaking ball where you don't have to break your wrist. Uh, so, again, someday we'll play catch and uh, mm-hmm. I'll have some fun. Yeah. I'll throw you the knuckleball. Uh, I want to hit that. I don't want. I don't, I don't want to play catch. I want to hit it. Okay, I'll give it to you. You see that video? 
As we're talking baseball, did you see the Orioles put out that video of the guy throwing the knuckleball? Yes. It was in slow motion. What a great video. Like the real physics of a knuckleball. Yeah. I I would love to see it like, like I've seen it obviously during the game, but I'd love to see a slow motion knuckleball, not from the side that the Orioles had. I want to see it like from the catcher's point of view, watching this thing dance like crazy. I want to see that in slow motion. I I bet, and I I know we're not going to be big on talking about Red Sox here on the show, but I bet you could find some video like that from that perspective with like a Tim Wakefield. Yeah. 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 Pretty pretty cool. All right. So Severino on his way back. Check. All right. Let's talk about the Hurt Yankees Mm. (laughs) who are currently out. Mm. So who's on the mash squad? And we, we, we got a couple of guys. I, I, we were trying to discuss this. I'll bring it up. Anyway, we have Clark Schmidt. Who's, who's hurt. So we have Robinson Torino's with a fractured wrist. And then we have our newest one, Mr. Zach Britton, getting arthroscopic surgery. The, 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 I wanted him to elbow. be the, yeah, and I wanted him to be the closer. But no. I mean, that's not going to happen. No, but but like, and the, and the thing is, like, he's out for three months. Three months. Ugh. He was probably. Like, I heard somebody say, and they were right. Um, he was the most trusted reliever the Yankees have right now. That's a big spot. That's the setup guy to Chapman. It's a big yes. spot to lose. Well, like they say, you can never have too much pitching because mm-hmm. you never know. Now, who who steps up and 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 fill this spot? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people put in situations that will resemble that role between now and the start of the season. Um, but again, the, the way they manage bullpens now is different than 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right. So even Zach Britton wouldn't always be the guy to be the eighth inning guy Mm -hmm. in all situations, you know, with matchups and, you know, having to face three batters and, you know, follow these, you know, but three months, that's a long time. So three months out, what is it? Where does that put us? April, May, June. Yep. He'll be coming back the same time as uh, allegedly same time as Severino. Well, here's the perk to that. Okay, you're hurt now, you rehab, you go through what you need to go through, you come back, and in theory, and this is the way I look at it, if the team is where we want them to be in a postseason, you that's you know three less months that your arm and your skills haven't been taxed right. and used and depleted. Right. The wear and tear isn't there like it's going to be for the other guys. Right. Right. But it could be hard coming back from an injury. It may not be quick. I mean, he may get shelled a little bit. It could cost us a couple of games. You know, obviously, you know, we keep saying they're not going to bring him back unless he's ready. But who knows? Who knows? Anybody else hurt? Anybody else we care about? No. You know what? Let's 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 knock on wood here. The guys that we have to worry about are not hurt right now. Yeah. I'm not even going to say anything out loud. The guys who aren't hurt. No, no names. They're currently not hurt. We're not going to name names. Nope. We're just we're going to move forward. AJ, we're going to move forward. (laughs) Uh, So we again are a couple of weeks into spring. Uh, and our question here is what have you liked so far about spring training? So far, we talked about Brett Gardner. We mentioned RoboPop, which I, I love this name. <laughs> so we mentioned LeMahieu is, he's a professional hitter mm-hmm. who's hitting. Doesn't matter if it's the middle of March or the middle of July, the man hits. So those are good things. Other good things. Now, this is a player that maybe, there's 
two podcasters out there who have had mixed feelings about this particular player. But this particular player, he's performing so far in, again, the meaningless time of the year. And that is uh, one, Gary Sanchez. How do you feel about Gary Sanchez, AJ? I still feel how, how I felt <laughs> earlier when we talked about Gary Sanchez. Look, let him hit the ball all he wants to. Let him get his confidence up. But just like he was doing in the winter ball, he's playing against guys that you're not going to see on the field. And he's hitting home runs. So somebody throw him a fastball. See how he handles that. 91 in on the hands. No, look, I, I can't bash the guy. He's putting up numbers. He's Everybody's kind of praising him. And I always wonder if they're praising him because they know he had a tough year. Or they praising him because he's doing some good things. But he looks good behind the plate. He looks a little bit more trim. So come on, Gary. I'm, I'm going to root for the guy. I can't not root for him. That is true. That is true. Uh, so again, Gary off to a nice start in the spring. Hopefully that translates into, like I predicted, we'd like to see in April where uh, what if he's batting, you know, above 280 in April, has, you know, say seven to 10 home runs in April and he's performing. Does he have something to prove, AJ? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. Should he be a man on a mission in 2021? He better be. Or else he, he better be there be. in 2022. <laughs> right. It's time for him to release the Kraken, as as uh, as they say. Um, other things that look good in the spring. Have you gotten to see or listen to Corey Kluber? I watched him today. Spring? I watched him today. Hey, what do you think? Uh, control issues. A little bit. He hit a couple of guys. He was getting knocked around a little bit, but he fought back. He left a couple of guys on base. So that was positive. I think he gave up two home runs. I think it was two. But Did he give up two home runs to anybody you've ever heard of? Um, I can't say because I don't know the Pirates very well. So I, I so here's the deal. Like, because they've been playing the Pirates a lot, I keep, saying this, I keep seeing the same names. So I don't know if these guys are professionals or if they're just making a name for themselves right now. Uh, but, you know, he looked okay. I'm going to just keep giving the benefit of the doubt. He's only pitching three innings at a time. The uh, control is getting better. His his numbers are good. There's a lot of movement on the, the changeup. Looks really good today. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Still got a couple more starts left. Probably against the Pirates as uh, we will get to their upcoming <laughs> schedule, which I hadn't looked too closely at, but uh, we will share the Yankee schedule for the next couple of weeks as, uh, again, we're taking this podcast two weeks at a time up until the regular season where we will then make the transition to uh, a weekly program where we will come at you every Saturday morning with uh, Yankee news notes and a recap of the week and a look to the week ahead as we look to take the chase for 28 throughout the 2021 season. Now, prior to this game, uh, on March 12th, the Yankees tweeted out uh, some pregame roster moves, which is interesting because uh, one of these names on here I was hoping and hope to talk about before we end this episode. Uh, the first name, not so much, but uh, the Yankees optioned Estevan Florial to AAA mm. Scranton Wilkes-Barre, right? So uh, mm-hmm. he's not going to be with the big league club the rest of the spring. He's going to minor league camp. Uh, they also optioned right-handed pitcher Luis Heal, to double A Somerset, which is going to take a while to roll off the tongue. Double A Somerset, yeah. Um, but he's somebody who I do want to talk about before we leave this episode. 
And they made some other moves with, again, it's that time of camp where they're moving guys from the big league camp down to minor league camp. Guys with numbers and names you've never heard of. So let, let's talk about Luis Hill. What what stands out to you about this gentleman that uh, he's now going to be a Patriot instead of a Yankee? <laughs> can't get over that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't get over that either. Um, so what came up was the fact that he is a highly touted prospect, right? And this guy, and I, I consumed some content about him from 2019, because again, no minor league season last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I watched and what I saw, he is, I think, the number two, number three pitching prospect, not in the major. So we're excluding Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt, guys like that. So this guy mm-hmm. is now at the top of the chain in terms of who's in the minors. And, you know, one particular video I watched uh, from the Yankees YouTube channel, uh, this was a video about him when he was with the uh, Charleston River Dogs Mm -hmm. back in 2019. And this guy just, again, so we're talking two years ago, the way they talk about movement on his fastball and what he was working on just a couple of years ago um, just seems like a... uh, an arm and a name we should be aware of. Okay. Uh, he is 22 years old. He is 6'2, 185 pounds. And uh, he's again a right handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. And uh, the article that I read, the headline was basically Elite Arm Yankees Fireballer has the best heater among the club's top prospects. Nice. I'll include a link to this YouTube video where they've got some coaches and teammates talking about him in 2019. You can see some footage of him. You can hear him speak a little bit. But uh, again, he's putting on a little show for the camera Mm. and the video. But if now we're talking two years later and the fastball is improving, maybe this is a guy we see at some point this year. If we're we're giving young guys a chance, Mm -hmm. I like to see stuff like this. So when you say one of the top prospects, are you talking about top prospects for the MLB pipeline, or is this like a top prospect in the Yankees organization? Uh, he is uh, being touted as a top prospect within the Yankee organization. Okay. And again, this article uh, comes from NJ.com, and uh, I'll include a link to this article as well. Um, but here, I'll give you a little bit of an excerpt. Uh, so ask anyone around the Yankees, and they'll tell you the best pitching prospects in the organization are right-handers David Garcia and Clark Schmidt, but neither pitcher is in possession of the best fastball down on the farm. Uh, he was signed, I'm talking about heel, and by the way, it's spelled G-I-L, but it's pronounced heel. Uh, he signed for $90,000 out of the DR by the Twins in 2015. He missed his first full year as a pro due to shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. but came back to a mid-90s fastball in 2017. He was acquired by the Yankees in the spring of 2018 for Jake Cave, and he now... Mm boasts a 95 to 98 mile an hour fastball deep into games and regularly tops out in triple digits and significantly lights up the top of the strike zone. Okay. All right. Look, I'm excited to see him. And, and the scout that's uh, on record being interviewed here uh, believes that Heal will be a reliever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scout was uh, anonymous in the article. Uh, quote, the pitches are there. He throws smoke. His curve is a good one, and he has the makings of a decent changeup. 
but I don't know if he's going to be able to command his stuff for five or six innings once every five days. The scout goes on to then say, for me, Heal can turn into a really good setup man or closer. He has the arm to close. He has the velocity, the makeup. I like him a lot. I like a lot. All right. That makes me fantasize about 1994, 1995. Not saying the kid's going to be Mariano Rivera, but you conjure up images of who could do that next. Who who, who is there, who we don't realize is there, and in five to ten years we look back and say, wow, we first heard about him on the Chase for 28 podcast. Remember that show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was actually thinking that when 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 you read that article. I started thinking, oh, that's okay. They did the same thing with Mo, and he was pretty successful. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> so uh, that's yeah. a little down on the farm with Lewis Heel. Louis. And if you're in Jersey, I guess we could learn about him uh, at Somerset, where he will be on the Somerset Patriots at Double A. Ugh, Patriots. <laughs> Sorry. Same old Jets. Patriots. Did they get Deshaun Watson yet? No? No, no, no. <laughs> No, that has not happened yet. Do you think they'll get Deshaun Watson? Just I'll, I'll just throw this in here for fun. No, I do, I do not. Do no, you I want Deshaun Watson? Of course I do. How can I not? Have you seen we have okay. a quarterback? <laughs> you have a quarterback? We do have a quarterback. Could be pretty good, but we'll see. Anyway, don't throw me off. Right, a- anything else stand out to you, AJ, about the spring uh, players? Anything? What, what do you want to bring up? A uh, real quick shout out to Jordan Montgomery because I know he listens to the podcast. Um, hey, Jordan. Jordan Montgomery, how are you doing? He's been doing pretty well this spring. I like to see him uh, doing his thing and, and putting up some good numbers and had some good games against the Phillies. So I like to see Jordan Montgomery because I know he's going to be a, a solid number. We'll call him the number four for right now. I'd say that works out. And uh, again, hopefully he's been talking with Andy. And that'd be a good thing. And. Yeah, definitely. Speak, speaking of Andy, he, uh, Pettit's son was in the news a week, week and a half, two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, pitching college ball and uh, had a highlight of uh, Andy Pettit's son, who's also a left-handed pitcher, uh, rocking the pickoff move. And uh, he made this, he made a guy on first base look stupid silly. He just looked just like his dad on the mound, just lifted that leg, hung it, threw to first, had the kid dead to rights. It was it was fun to watch. Who's he pitching for? Uh some southern college university place in Texas. Got it. Heard of that one. It's a good one. <laughs> I don't university I don't recall of the college name. of Texas. Yeah, I don't know. Got he's it. in Texas. Not not a major university that obviously right. anybody has ever heard of, but he's right. playing college ball. He pitches, he's left handed. Life is good. He'll be in the major soon. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Um all right, so shout out to uh to Montgomery again hopefully good things come and uh, he can be a strong Yankee left-hander for many years to come looking forward to his 2021 all right coming up we got some uh, Yankee broadcast Yankee baseball and again uh, this episode is coming to you uh, a day later than normal not not to date it too much uh, but here is the upcoming Yankee schedule for March 13th through the 26th the Yankees are going to play the Pirates the Blue Jays the Phillies, the Tigers, and the Orioles. They got one game against the Pirates. So, AJ, one more game trying to learn those Pirate players. (laughs) Then we're going to get a whole lot of Blue Jays. They play the Blue Jays four times in the next two weeks. Phillies three times, Tigers twice, and the Orioles twice. I looked ahead at their schedule and I thought to myself, huh, 
playing the Red Sox in the spring. I'm playing the Mets in the spring. Hmm. It just, I, I imagine this schedule is like these mini bubbles of teams that will just yeah. kind of interact with each other. Yeah, we'll call it COVID friendly. Yeah, it's definitely a COVID friendly schedule. Also, speaking of the upcoming schedule, uh, if you want to catch the Yanks on TV in the next two weeks, uh, they were on TV today against the Pirates. That game's in the past. They, were. Uh, they will be on, yes, against the Phillies on the 15th and 22nd. And they will be on TV, uh, yes, broadcast against the Blue Jays on the 24th. There are some WFAN radio games mixed in there. And what do you got, AJ? Fun fact, on the game on Monday the 15th, if you're around at 1 o'clock, it'll be the first time in 20 years that John Sterling and Michael Kay are doing the game together. I did hear that. So that's, that's just going to be a spring game, right? Yeah, just a spring game. Huh. And then on the 24th, for anybody who's a fan of the Michael Kay show, Michael Kay will be doing the game with Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg for a couple innings. Not interested in that. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stan Rosenberg. Oh, he's great. I like Don. I like Don. I, I can take a little bit of Michael K, um, but I'm more of a Craig and Evan guy. I like Craig Carton. Yeah, and you enjoy that. Not afraid to say it. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm Michael K. Michael K all the way. Michael K all the way. All right. So we can fight about that this summer. Sounds good. <laughs> How about some trivia, Chris? Uh, trivia. All right. So I will read the question again. I still haven't looked at the answer. You haven't looked yet. Uh, oh, good for you. It's right there. I haven't looked. All right. So. Your Yankee trivia, AJ, that you brought to the table. Who was the first Yankee player to have a 30-30 season of uh, 30 or more homers and 30 or more stolen bases in the same season? AJ, who is that Yankee? So the name will surprise you, but I think the year will surprise you more. And I don't know if this is because of when the stat became official, but the first Yankee was Bobby Bonds. He had 32 home runs and 30 steals in 1975. How about that? How about that? Huh. Didn't know that. Again, anything happened before 1981, I'm a little fuzzy on. Right. But just thinking about the Yankees' legacy, the first, maybe it's the record books, but the first one is 1975. It's crazy. Huh. I got trivia lined up all over the place. I, I hear that. And part of me wants to be like, all right, do I need to go to Elias or BaseballReference.com? Like... There's got to be another Yankee who had more than 30 home runs and more than 30 stolen bases in the season before 1975. I, I want to check that. But look, that's what the trivia gave me. I'm going to go with it. All right. I look forward to what you come up with next time. Hmm. <laughs> um, so as we get rolling here in the 2021 season, uh, one, we want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the podcast and you know going on this journey with us as we chase the 28th world championship but aj and i are not the only ones with opinions about the yankees and we want to know what you think what questions you have we want your voice to be a part of this podcast as well so we want to hear from you fastest way you could do that number one you could email us feedback at chase for 28.com let us know your thoughts questions comments we want to share it give you a a space to vent or celebrate what the Yankees are doing. And you can also connect with us on Twitter. We are at chase for 28 pod on Twitter. AJ listeners can also support the podcast. How can they do that? So you guys can support the podcast in three ways. And we really appreciate any of these three. Tell a Yankee fan about the podcast. Let them listen. Show them what's, what's good. Become a legend 
by visiting chasefor28.com slash legend or grab some Chase for 28 merch. Visit chasefor28.com slash merch and whatever you grab, take a picture, follow us on the social at Twitter uh, at chasefor28pod. Show us what you got. We got stickers, we got t-shirts, we got mugs, notebooks. Can't wait for the day that we can be celebrating in the stands together with our shirts on. Can't wait for that. All right, so uh, it'll be another two weeks, and we will come at you with episode 10. Episode 10. It's going to be a season preview, Chris. That's going to be a season Se- preview. going to be a season preview, yeah, as we head towards opening day against Toronto. Oh, I can't wait. I just I need baseball to count, AJ. I need... <laughs> You're like tipping your hat like you're getting a little uh, curtain call there. I love it. (laughs) All right. So we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks or gals. Ladies love the Yankees, too. And uh, I I would say we love the ladies, but we love two. We love two ladies. Three. (laughs) Great. Well, can't forget my daughter. Okay. I love your daughter, too. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Tell a Yankee fan about the show, and we'll see you next time.